0: hi it's melinda coming to you live how are you doing tonight i am from hope when there was none i am a survivor of domestic violence and uh, childhood abuse coming to you live today and on this page what i do is i share educate share bits of my story and also um, empowerment for others self-care as well so that's what this page is about now i have been, just did a series where I chatted about, and thanks for watching Miss Amanda, hi, um, I just chatted about what abuse is, so, and I went through the different signs of what that was, and you know what, I am going through this thing with my daughter right now, for those of you that don't know, when you are in an abusive relationship, sometimes, Well, you want to break that cycle. But unfortunately, sometimes with our children, they might repeat the cycle, whether they are a victim or whether they are an abuser themselves. Well, maybe they take up those patterns that mom or dad had. And so that is, well, I miss you too, Miss Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) But they might take up those patterns, unfortunately, of our abuser or again of the victim so what is trauma bonding and i'm actually learning a lot of these terms myself a lot of these things i didn't even know about i didn't know i was a victim of stockholm syndrome and that is kind of i I guess if you want to explain what trauma building bonding is it is stockholm syndrome so stockholm syndrome is, uh, it can be formed rather quickly, and it is for back in the day. Now, many of you, I'm not going to give you a history lesson today, but I will put it at the end of the video where Stockholm syndrome came from. Basically, a person was taken hostage, and they formed this bond with their abuser. Anyway, let me get back to that. So it can be formed very quickly. It can last even after that relationship has been severed. So even if you leave that relationship, whether this isn't necessarily with an intimate partner, a trauma bond can be formed with any, like abuse. It can be formed with anything. Anybody can be an abuse victim. Anybody can be an abuser, um, age, race, sex. It doesn't matter. So anybody can do this. So with Stockholm syndrome, it could be your coworker. It could be your boss. Hey, Miss Teresa. It could be Now, sometimes with your abuser, they will have these times of great love for you. It's wonderful. And again, this is a honeymoon cycle. So they'll have this great love for you and things will be awesome. There'll be some tenderness there. And again, this could be with a family member and it might not be an intimate partner that you are experiencing things, but maybe mom and dad are being awesome. Your sister, your brother, somebody's giving you an olive branch and hey, let's get together and remember old times, whatever it is there is this loop, there is a cycle where they will make these feel good feelings for you. Well, thank you, Miss Teresa. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, Oh, you got me all flustered. Thank you. <laughs> so there will be these good feelings for the victim. They kind of build that up. And then all of a sudden there is this paralyzing fear because something escalates. There's some cruelty. There's some meanness. And the cycle repeats. Again, this is that honeymoon cycle where you have that explosive build up to rage or Maybe other feelings as well. The abuser slowly isolates the victim. It doesn't happen all at once. All of these things, they don't happen like bam. It's slowly, they slowly take this victim and just kind of whittle them down like you would a piece of wood. They just whittle, they take, they shave off bits of that victim and I don't mean that I'm just being figurative guys okay I I don't mean that seriously but it almost feels like that because they're taking their identity they're taking away their friends they're taking away whatever made them them their identity to where they no longer feel they have an identity and they feel very helpless they feel very uh, fearful and might even be very paralyzed with that fear they can also make it so the uh, victim feels that they can't trust anybody else, that that abuser is the only person that can help them, that can get through life, that can help them make it, and is, again, the only way that they can live, basically. So, you might feel when you're in this situation that I'm going to just die without my abuser, and this is what makes no contact order so hard, because you have, as this victim, you feel like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it? It's not only that That mentality, when you're going through this abuse, where you feel like, well, I I can't make it because I don't have money, I don't have this or this, it's different. If you haven't experienced this, and I was diagnosed with Stockholm Syndrome, it is the the oddest feeling ever. I, I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, I was more than, okay, so you are... In the family okay let's let's try and let me try and think of this okay so you're in this family this is just an example you're in you're a mom so you're a mom or maybe you're a fur mom fur baby mom something like that you are this person that has ties to another being or a fur baby an animal or something like that you go to the vet's office and the nurse says oh let's bring in uh, your pet chow and you know get this cutesy named Charlie or so on and so on you're no longer like, I wouldn't be Melinda. I'm Charlie's mom. <laughs> you know, something like that. When I had kids, all of a sudden I was Matthew, Jessica, and Alex, Alex's mom. It's like I didn't exist. So do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm explaining that. So with the Stockholm Syndrome, I slowly lost that identity I had. I was almost like um, an extension of my abuser. And you can even pick up patterns from your abuser, too, unhealthy patterns from your abuser. And, I'm, you know, I was kind of um, embarrassed to admit that at first because I thought, well, maybe I am a narcissist. Hey, Miss Tammy, how are you doing, girl? I almost felt like maybe I was an abuser myself, but I learned since then, I've learned that no, I'm not that person. I was picking up those harmful patterns, those bad patterns, and uh, kind of almost like I was play acting, like I was this person, and it, that wasn't me. I know now, you know, well, I learned it a long, long time ago, but that isn't me. I'm not that abuser. I'm not that narcissist. I'm not that person. So, again, with this honeymoon stage, you we have this happy relationship. Something goes wrong. There's jealousy. There's rage even bitterness, and then all of a sudden there's apologies, there's there's flowers, there's, oh, promises it's never going to happen again, and then the cycle repeats. So you begin to use and create your own coping skills to deal with your situation, and you might not even remember a lot of things that you went through. Some things might stick out. You might have certain smells you might remember certain clothes you had on or maybe you'll remember you'll connect with a certain place because something happened there but you develop these coping skills to protect yourself our body is an amazing thing the God created this amazing thing and mechanism to help protect us from harmful things that happen to us bad memories bad actions maybe you were raped maybe you were molested maybe you were beaten as a child or you know even as an adult You know I've been raped by my my ex I was raped as a wife Um, even though the court system might not have appeared to believe me because sometimes that happens you're not believed to have been raped if you're married to that person because you're married right hello no means no but um, that's what happened the legal system let me get back to this so your identity your self-worth and even your own needs might get lost during this relationship and your abuser is going to attempt to and this is where I was getting From before they might attempt to control you and mold you all the victim and you almost might be an extension of them and you can find this if you read different cases and i try not to look at the negative stuff on the news but sometimes things just stick out you might have a court case where you hear that this man and woman were, or whoever, were, um, maybe they had their kids locked in the attic or in the basement, or perhaps they were keeping, uh, some woman or man in cages in, in the back room or whatever it is. Now the woman, she comes out later, or even the man, the person comes out later and they said, you know, I didn't really want to do this, but you know, I felt I had to, or they'll have some sort of excuse. That's that Stockholm syndrome. You're identifying with your abuser. I'm not, Saying that this is right. I am not agreeing with them that that behavior, but this is what happens with that Stockholm syndrome, with that trauma bonding. Bond. It is just, it can make you do things. Hey girl, thanks for watching. It can make you do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. And again, this isn't something that um, necessarily means that you've been in this relationship this dynamic for a long time it could happen really fast you might not even realize that it's happening to you so or your abuser could be showering you during this honeymoon time with gifts they could be giving they could be giving you um different promises they can just be telling you well i promise this isn't going to happen or hey let's go to florida or let's go to Australia, or they might promise to listen to you more, to your concerns. They might reward you. Maybe they'll reward you because you did something good. I'll give you that to ponder. Yeah, I was rewarded for being a good girl, for doing things that I was told to do. And no, I never did anything devious or anything like that. But um, I was considered a good girl. If, um, you know, I knew when the When the um, cutting board came out, I knew I was a bad girl because he would spank me with a cutting board. Um, And then there was getting to be a time where he wanted my kids to do that. Luckily, it didn't escalate to that, but yeah, that was some scary stuff. He made the kids watch while I was being punished. Um, But also with punishment, sex can be a punishment. Again, there comes that rape thing, and I hate to get all gory and, and nasty on that, but This person might use sex, which is supposed to be, it was created, guys. We were created as sexual beings, but it was created to form that man and and wife, that man and woman together to make it enjoyable. Well, sometimes these abusers go ahead and they make it dirty. They make it disgusting. They make it so you don't want to have it. You don't want to enjoy it ever again. And, or again, maybe you were molested or something and now you view sex or you feel dirty because your ex-ex. Or that abuser makes you feel dirty or they make it feel like sex is something bad. And it's not. When it's in a healthy relationship, it is not. So this person also might be highly addicted to sex. He might be, or she, because this goes both ways again. They might uh, be an addict. They might be addicted to porn. They might be addicted to different fetishes and so on and so on. Again, they might make you do things that you don't want to do. It could be bestiality. It could be with even with your children. And it's sad and it breaks my heart, but you hear stories about that from time to time, peeping out of the news. Now, again, there should be a respect there. And usually with... An abuser, there is no respect. So when you say no, it usually just falls on deaf ears and they just keep doing whatever they're going to do. So how do you know if you're in a trauma relationship? So if you haven't already known from what I just read, but that's okay because you feel powerless. You feel just stuck, but you try to make the best of your situation. You might have those things in the back of your head saying, well, I'm, I'm useless. I'm worthless. And again, these things can be aided by your abuser telling you these things as well. And you might not feel very lovable. You might not feel like like um, anybody would ever want you, that if you're not with your abuser, you don't feel that you can leave. You might feel that uh, very inferior as well as starting to develop self-destructive patterns. Now that could be where you're using self-harm, you use alcohol, you use drugs just to dull the pain. With self-harm, Sometimes you, um, and I'm learning and educating myself because my girls self-harm. Now you feel control and this self-harm for them, this is their control. They can control how deep, where they are cutting and so on and so on. Um, For me, it was washing my dishes or cleaning my house. That was my pattern. There's nothing wrong with that. Now my house is not so clean because I'm happy, but um, that was my way of coping because I could control I'm going to vacuum under that rug today or i am going to wash all the dishes up in this cabinet they haven't been done in a few months i knew that was my coping mechanism i didn't drink because i'm not big on drinking it hurts my tummy and besides i'm just all silly when i drink anyway but um, and i don't do drugs i don't believe in it don't do it i don't do it now also um so that there is some self-destructive behavior you might become promiscuous you might begin um Maybe you decide that, hey, I'm going to be a prostitute or this is all I'm I'm used for. That's what my abuser uses me for. So that's what I'm going to be. And that happens. This, This isn't something, again, I know these sound far out, but guys, these do happen. These are stories and they break my heart. I hear from victims often. And these are things that they are experiencing or have experienced or know somebody that does. Now, you might Promise to do whatever it is just to appease your abuser. And, you you know, you might want to be good, make sure that you are not doing something wrong that makes them mad. You rationalize that abuser isn't always this way. They aren't always as scary, and they're only like this when they drink, when they use drugs, when uh, maybe there's no money, they're out of work or something like that. But once they have money, they're okay. Perhaps uh, maybe they're, it's because they're hanging out with Joe Blow and negative Nancy. I'm sorry, Nancy, and I'm sorry.' using your names. It just happens. Excuse me so but you know what i mean i I think you you get the gist of that now you might even feel you can change this person and this is not i'm not belittling this and i'm not smiling because you know i'm making fun of you this is things that happen you might feel that if you have a baby this will change things he or she will change if you get married he will or she will change if you get a better job, maybe you won't argue so much about money. So you you think about these. You rationalize this in the head. And I only say this because many of those things I have thought about. The screaming in the background is my granddaughter and my son. They're playing. So if you can hear that, that's what those are. They're screams of joy. Honest. I'm not kidding. They're having a blast. So now you might overlook whatever is happening that's bad in your situation or in that person. You might kind of magnify in your mind because remember our mind is marvelous thing it you can say well you know what they do all this good. Look what they're doing for church, what they're doing for the community. They're doing this for the homeless. Look at their volunteering at school. So you might just kind of overlook all those bad things and just focus in on the good. Now your friends and your family, you have an awesome tribe. I'm just telling you that now, you don't even know it, but they have been telling you for a while there that this person isn't good for you. Now maybe they aren't telling you in the best way. Maybe they're saying some pretty nasty things or calling them choice words just ask my dad (laughs) i'll tell you all about my ex but um maybe they're saying it's just not the right way and it's kind of rubbing you wrong and then you feel like you have to defend your relationship and it might make you even feel like you're the bad guy even though they're not really meaning it's you it's that other person you might even feel physically sick if you, want to, um, if you want to leave, you might feel that you're going to die. You can't live without this person. Now, this other person, this abuser, generally more than likely lets you down. Doesn't support your dreams, your thoughts, or ideas. Toxic people can often, eh, I can't begin to tell you how many times my ex did this, but often can try to um, threaten to sue you or... Change custody or change child support, so you don't get any. Whatever it is, whatever you're not complying or listening to them to whatever's irking them at that moment, they will say that they're going to drag you back to court or sue you. Whatever it's it's normal. They will do that. Now maybe if they have enough money, they can do that. But majority of the t- the times, they're just trying to irk you and to try and um, to prod you or just to try and get your go. Now, can you heal from this? Yes, you can. So how? Well, I'm going to give you about 10 things. So number one, go no contact if you can. And you might be saying, Melinda, I can't go no contact. I have kids. We parent together. This might mean small things, okay, so small chunks might be that you have somebody else read your text messages, you have someone else check your voicemail, you have someone else look at your emails, and they can tell you, okay, this is relevant, this is about the kids, this is important, you need to check this, or it's about legal issues, you have to check this. Okay, it could be that you just leave those messages alone for a day or two and then get to them. It could be that you, especially if you co-parent, maybe you drop them off in a public place. Try not to engage your abuser. Try to meet somewhere where there's a lot of people around. The abuser is more than likely going to try again to get you riled up and get you upset. So try not to engage in them with heated words. Ignore the bad language during these exchanges, during these these text messages voicemail and so on don't respond that's what they want you to do they aren't gonna listen they're gonna listen to you respecting your boundaries okay I can tell you that now they that's out the window they won't stop harassing you or abusing you even okay I would have to say probably about eight years ago excuse me three years ago I started no- noticing a decrease in um, my ex's um, let's say, trying to control me. Now, did he just recently text me? Yes, he texted me yesterday. There is an old theater. It's called the River Oaks Theater. And it's in uh, Lansing, Illinois. And I don't even think we went there maybe more than once or twice. But he's like, oh, did you know that it's being torn down? Hey, Miss Amy, thanks for watching. He's just trying to engage me. And your abusers will do this. And some people have asked me, Melinda, how, when does it stop? Guys, it's been almost 11 years and my ex still tries to engage me, but it's not as severe as it was when we first started this whole roller coaster. It's gotten a lot better. You know, he rarely comes up in conversation, and that's a lovely thing. It doesn't happen often. Dogs are barking. It's going to be okay. Hold on a second, guys. Hey, Miss Amy. Now, be careful when you're going to family get-togethers, school functions, holidays, and you might even have to explain to your children or family as best you can why you want to avoid going or to avoid the situation if possible. Let your boss know. Maybe you're going to counseling or so on, but let them know what's going on. Your abuser might even try to get you fired from your place of employment. They might paint you as the aggressor and lie about things that are happening between the two of you. Now, it's not hard to let your heart and your mind wander to the past. And there were good times, I'm sure of it. But a healthy relationship doesn't make you feel unworthy or belittled. Consider jotting down the reasons why you left this relationship and look at it anytime you feel like you're going want to go back. Now, trust your instincts again. Sometimes you might feel that you didn't trust them back in the day. You know, you just might have wrote them off. But start trusting your instincts again. If you feel off about a person or a situation, definitely take things cautiously. Now, if you're jumping into a new relationship, I... Please, I implore you, do not allow this person to watch your child or your fur baby. Don't. If you just met this person last week, you're already inviting them to move in, or you're saying, hey, I need a babysitter, and they're going to watch your kids while you're gone. You've heard the news. You've seen the headlines where there is some child where a new mom or a new dad has allowed a person to, that's vir- virtually a stranger, or maybe they've only been dating them, maybe a few weeks, a few days, or a couple months, and this person then kills that child or abuses them, please don't let this happen to you. I don't want to see you splashed on the headlines. Please trust your guts. I know you don't want to be lonely, but this, the alternative, losing your child, getting him taken away, or you know, being taken away forever by being killed by the hands of this abuser, that's not good. Thank you, Miss Amy, that you don't want to do this. So please, 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 please listen to your instincts. Don't trust that new relationship. Entertain that. I don't want to say entertain, but introduce that person slowly. Get to trust them. Get to know them before you even introduce them to the kids. It might be several months. It might be two or three or four or five, six months before you invite that person into your child's life. Please. I know I have a girlfriend. I think she waited almost a year before she introduced the kids with her uh, potential mate And it ended up not working out even after a year. So they just met the person and then something happened. He was cheating on her with something. But anyway, it's still be careful. Be mindful of that, please. Okay. And again, fur babies, trust if your kids, especially if they're littles, like let's say they are under five and all of a sudden they don't like this new person that you just brought in because maybe you didn't listen. That's okay because sometimes we go with our heart, not our head. So maybe you introduce this person and they're scared of this person. Maybe they start wetting the bed, even if it's your fur baby. Maybe they start piddling in their bed or on the floor when this person comes around. Please listen to that. That is also another warning sign about this person. So you want to make sure that you truly introduce this person slowly. Now start slowly rebuilding your life again. Now this might mean you have to move for safety too, to an entirely new place. You might have to find a new job. You might have to get rid of some of your family and friends. And I hate to say that, but family members and some friends can be toxic to us too it could be that your partner was toxic and you never realized that your family was toxic so you might have to sever that cord and that's for your own mental health and yes you can say no to mom or say no to dad that has been toxic to you all of your life You can break it. You are allowed to. It's okay. You can still have that respect for that person, for the title that person has. But by all means, you do not need to be belittled, to be um, uh, controlled, to be abused by that person as an adult, okay? So just remember that. So what did you try and remember what you wanted to be when you grow up? And you're going to do all these in small steps. It's not that you're going to dive in. You you know, you left that relationship and then tomorrow you're going to start doing all this. It's going to be slow. So start by journaling. Start by talking with somebody. What did you want to be? What are your favorite hobbies? And find that stuff again. It it could be um, maybe you wanted to go to... England or be a world traveler. Or perhaps it's something small. is just joining your local health club or getting involved in your community. Take it as small steps. Maybe this month you join a health club and then next month you start looking through brochures to start traveling or you create a vision board, my favorite, create a vision board to start incorporating all these things, to dream it and start living it. Now, exercising, I'm going to encourage you to do that, even if it's just a walk for 15 minutes around the block three times a week. That helps release these good feeling endorphins, and that can really be a great stress buster, too. Now, you can don't have to sign up for a marathon, like I said, or hot yoga. We're going to take things slow and just, you know, just listen to your body, too. Again, start journaling. If you have any fears, if you have any anger, whatever feelings you have, let them bubble up to the surface and let it out on paper. You can, I just heard a podcast and I shared it on the page not too long ago. There's some some language that really hurt my ears. I'm not really big into cursing, but she had some good nuggets. She mentioned, and I know I've mentioned this before, about writing it down, writing down your, your feelings, your past memories, whatever you can, and you can tear it up, you can burn it, you can hold on to it to send to your ex if you want to, or just hold on to it. Maybe you want to share it with your children or somebody else. Maybe you wish to write your own book about your experiences. Sometimes when we are in this, and I mentioned it just a little bit ago, when we're in these relationships, we might, our brain, again, trying to protect us might um have us forget some things. So writing it down as much as you can, when you remember, it. sometimes is so important. It's also very healing. I felt so much healing when I was doing my writing. Um, there was a lot of tears, and I screamed. I allowed these tears. I allowed the screams. I allowed everything to just come on out. It had to, and I had to do that for my own health. I was feeling like I was in such a dark place. I was feeling suicidal. I knew if I didn't get it out, that I was going to do some harm to myself and I didn't want to do that for myself or my kids. So again, tear that up. You might even be able to use this and I encourage you to keep a paper trail if you're going through the court system and maybe you don't want your abuser to get your children for custody, maybe they're a bad person and you know this in your heart of hearts, so keep these memories for legal purposes. You give them to your attorney, leave a paper trail, it's so important. So. You again, uh, our bodies are wired to protect us. It's normal and natural. So don't get upset with yourself if you aren't remembering things. Okay, so don't be really upset if somebody mentions something and you're like, Oh, I don't remember that. It happens again, your body's natural defense mechanism against protecting ourselves. So talk to a supportive friend, a counselor about your past. Learn your triggers, learn new patterns to help you overcome trust issues, making and creating boundaries, Uh, healing, just maybe your whole body needs to be healed. Stress makes our body do crazy things. I was a mess when I was going through things with my ex. Well, of course, I did find out I had Lyme disease. But even before my Lyme diagnosis and before I had Lyme, I My hair was falling out. I had problems going number two. I, I, I think I went like over a month without going. Um, it was it was awful. There was other things that I was experiencing too. sleep. I wasn't sleeping very well. I had a lot of um, other health issues. My stomach was always tight and knots. so these things I know a lady that has epilepsy, had epilepsy really bad while she was with her ex. Now that she's gone, I think she's had maybe one or two seizures a year. She's back to driving, she's back to working, she's off a disability, I'm so proud of her. And it was once she left after like, I think it was like a year, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Leslie, um, once she was gone from that relationship, I think eight to eight months to a year, she's like, I'm not having seizures anymore. This can happen. There can be healing from leaving that relationship. So just so you know, it can be maybe you think you have chronic depression. Maybe it's just because you're with this loser that you are depressed all the time. Your situation, it could be the PTSD will heal, the anxiety, the depression. Everything will heal once you've left that relationship. And then you can kick the medication if you're on that and your other health issues will improve. So listen to some uplifting and positive I'm reading. I'm reading Miss Tammy. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh good. <laughs> but and listen to. I'm just reading Miss Tammy's uh, message, her comment right down there. Now listen to uplifting music, positive music, things that are uplifting. Podcasts, read good books, read good movies. Now don't be watching. Um, like I did when I first left. I listened to every woman empowerment song, but also every bad breakup song. I watched every movie that you can think of that was um, that was some woman in an abusive relationship. I didn't watch The Burning Bed, but I watched like a, a J.Lo's Enough. I watched, oh gosh, what else did I watch? Anything you can think of that had some woman, of course, being abused I don't recommend it, even though I did feel really empowered, like I wanted to go over and kick his ass after watching Enough, but you know what? Terry talked me out of it. (laughs) But that was something that, you know what, I don't advise. Don't listen to the breakup songs. Listen to something positive. Dig out your Bible if you haven't read it in a while. Find some good podcasts. Do some soul work. You know, whether it's a Bible, whether it's a Torah, whatever your religious beliefs, start doing some prayer work. Affirmations work good. Remember I mentioned the vision boards? Do that vision board, mirror work, grounding, which is actually just going outside, going barefoot. Go on outside, find yourself a patch of grass for at least 15 minutes. Do this three to five, or even many more times throughout the week, three to five days a week. That helps you um, with stress. It also helps you with your anxiety. And it has been shown to help you with a lot of your health issues, your aches and pains and so on. And also meditation, which has great benefits too. Now also believe in yourself. You might be at that point where you don't believe in yourself at all. You will be surprised, again how many health issues might dissolve away the longer you are away from your trauma bond. So that is all I have. I appreciate you staying with me. And you can do me a favor if you have any comments on what's worked for you. Does any of this resonate with you? Do you realize or recognize that you were in a trauma bond, whether it be with an intimate partner or perhaps it was with a family member, coworker? Does any of this resonate for with you? Just comment below and do a hashtag fire if you're watching this in a replay. Also, Give me a hand. I, I do have one thing I'd love for you to do. If you can just hit the share button so I can kind of spread awareness. I'd like to empower and educate others about abuse and abuse topics as well. Maybe just sharing it. It doesn't take much. Just hit that share button. And what it will do is it will send it across your friends. You don't even need to say anything. You just share it and somebody on your list, I guarantee you, needs to see this or many of the other videos or other little um memes that I have on this page. So I would greatly appreciate it if you can do that for me. Um, It's just to get the word out because I know there's so many people suffering in silence that don't need to be. They might not know they're abused. I didn't. I didn't know I was abused until I jumped out of my relationship for the final and last time on February 25th. Or actually, no, I take that back. It was back in 2007 when I did find out that I was actually an abused victim. But Again, I'm coming up to that anniversary, 11 years on February 25th this year. So thank you very much. I am here just to tell you that it's possible to start again, to start all over. And um, yeah, it's been a very blessed life. Again, we're dealing with something with my daughter right now. But again, thank you for all the prayers and support with that. I appreciate it. So thanks for listening again. Have a great day or night now. And um, thanks for watching. If you need help also for assistance, don't hesitate to message me privately. I'm happy to serve you. Let me know what you need. And also there is a group that I did create for other victims of trauma, toxic trauma, toxic abuse, any type of emotional traumas. Um, by all means, you're more than welcome to join that group. It's Hope When There Was None group. And you can find that on this page too. So thanks again. Have a great day. Bye.